Hello. Hi. Hey. Hi. How are you doing? Whoa. Um, good. Good? Yeah, it's been eventful. It's been eventful three weeks. Three weeks? The four, January 14th. Three. Uh, yeah, I think three weeks. This is episode 30, um, which means that it's the 31st episode mm-hmm. of Hunchpig. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So we have a different president now. Oh, we had a... Um, from uh, it was a, I think it was Obama's last. last time? When was his last day? Uh, it was the last one. Was the last Obama podcast? Oh, within his. Uh, yes, you're right. Reign. Yep. We didn't know if we were. Turns out they're <clears throat> going to keep funding us. Yes, they're going to let us. So we're still here. Who? <laughs> 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 Scary. We were nervous. Yeah. We seem to have slipped under the radar. Uh huh. Um, I've been sick since last time. Oh. Uh, like. Katie from Massachusetts brought home disease, a disease from Massachusetts from to Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. So um, it's a it was a stomach bug. I the, see the official state stomach bug of Massachusetts. <laughs> um, a lot of people have been getting it. I think. I don't think I've had it. Yet. I mean, I think I have it now. Welcome to our house. <laughs> um, so I brought my family. <laughs> it was a week ago. <laughs> I think it's fine. Um, so she had it, and then and then you had it, and then I had it, and it was not fun. It's um, like it's like the talking stick. Pass it. Yeah. Pass it around, and then mm-hmm. you can't talk while right. you have it. Well, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, so that was rough, and kind of simultaneously we were not getting hot water some days oh um had you ordered it we you were expecting hot water we were expecting it yep and it wasn't arriving so i've learned a lot about hydronic heating systems on a related note okay it's a really fun word hydronic heating systems that makes me feel smart heating systems that use water yeah yes (laughs) yep which I think is uh, pretty standard, and uh, well, I mean, I want to say most, air. yeah, yeah. I want to say New England, right? Most uh, systems are hydronic. Yeah. Also, old England, old England. Yeah. 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 Just England, right? Most heating systems are hydronic. Because yeah, you have a boiler. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Forced forced yeah. air radiators. Well, could you have a boiler and still have forced air? You could. Use the boiler to, to heat, heat up the, the air. air, and then, I don't know. I don't know much about forced air. I do know that unforced air systems are not efficient, because <laughs> the air is just hanging out. It's just hot. And it's just near, like, near the source. And all right. Cold everywhere I'm hot, else. but you're not forcing me to do anything here, so I'm just going to hang out. Yeah. Anyway, I've learned a lot. If you look over here, this is great audio program right here. Yeah. If you look to your right. My right. Your right. Left. Yeah, my left. This is helpful for the listeners. The listeners are in the middle, so they'll be looking directly at <laughs> Look it. straight ahead <laughs> in the middle of the stereo field. Yep. And uh, there are pipes. There's a red box. There's, there's yeah. something that looks like a, could be a boiler. It's a cylinder. Uh-huh. What am I looking at? What, so, what do you want me to see? Everything. Okay. Yeah. So the cylinder thing is actually the hot water tank. Yes. The red thing is the boiler. That boils the water. Boils the water. That's what boilers do. Yep. Well, no. Oh. Actually. Oh. They don't. 
What do they do? They heat the water. <laughs> but but they no. don't heat it to boiling. Oh. That's a bad term. Huh. Anyway. If you look at this... <laughs> This is so dumb. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> okay, if I, I'm looking. So the water tank. <laughs> okay. Uh, so behind it, you see two pipes that go into it. Those uh, are in and out. That is the actual water supply from the city. Uh, that might, yeah. Right. But then closer to us, you see these two other pipes, the bigger pipes going into it. That is water from the boiler. And there's a coil inside. That, that just warms like up. yeah, just like the uh, the wort chiller, but yep, heater uh, warms up the the water. So this is called an indirect heater because the the tank doesn't actually do the heating itself. It's not powered or anything. It's just the okay. coil from the boiler. Anyway, then there's a thermostat uh, or an aquastat maybe hooked onto the I mean, water tank. <laughs> it's still measuring temperature. I don't know. <laughs> it's not measuring. They've had people here and they they've called that an aquastat. I don't think they. It's hydronic, okay? It's, it's hydronic, <laughs> for sure. So that... It's like Aquaman. Everything that... A message. Okay. A JSON packet. Yep. No, I see the wire. I see the wire. From uh, it. Yep. That sends a message. It sends a message to the zone controller, <laughs> which is the green thing on the red thing. Okay. And it's like, hey, I'm zone four. I need some hot water from the boiler. Okay. Not boiled water, but hot water. Yeah. That's called calling. It's saying, oh, zone four is calling for for hot water. Okay. And so what was happening was we didn't have hot water. Yep. And I checked the zone controller and it said zone four had a red light. So that means it is calling. Yeah, it's asking. It's asking. So that's all working. Yeah. That part. The zone controller. Part that wasn't working was the hot water was not going to it. (laughs) If you look above the boiler... There's four circulation pumps. Okay. The, the that, are, that are going to the full zones. Yes. Okay. Three heating zones, one uh, hot water tank. The heating zones are for the hot water baseboard heat. Four. The house. Four. Oh, three heating zones, one yeah, yeah, yeah. hot water. Right. One that goes here. So, yes. Uh, okay. So everything was hot up until that circulation pump to go to the, to the tank. But right after that, it was cold. I deduced that meant that the pump was not pumping the hot water. Oh. So I thought we had a bad pump. So I almost replaced it myself, and then I got scared. <laughs> then I called the guy that was <laughs> whose uh, number is on the boiler who installed okay. it. Yep. Which was a really good idea. Yeah. Putting and his number on there. Yep. It's kind of like a calling card. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and he was really nice. He talked me through how to bleed air out of the system, out of the hydronic system. Out of the hydronic system. So, rather than from... Because I know about bleeding radiators okay. to get air out. Yep. But... It's a similar idea. This is about bleeding your water pipes? Uh, no. No. So it's the same closed system. So when you bleed your radiators... Yeah. That's the same uh, loop of hot water that's going through your boiler and okay. through the radiators. Yep. It's that same idea, but it's just... Um, you can also bleed it with these... These uh, um, do, 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 do taps, faucets. These, okay, yeah, yeah, these these taps here down here. These yellow um, ones. Yep. So the loop from, you know, the really short loop from the boiler to the hot water tank and back. Um, just crank that open, and 
after you first you have to close the ball valve beneath that so it doesn't actually yep. rip through close that and then you get the water you know high pressure coming through to shoot out any air that might be in there um so we've had to do that a couple times okay um but now so i'm not sure if there's like a root cause that we need to act like a fix. leak or something something yeah also we didn't bleed our radiator radiators this season because uh, we don't know how to live in a house yet yeah <laughs> so yeah, i did I learn that i feel as like well it was in, a yearly thing right that we did in our house in england yeah i talked to my uh father-in-law about it and he's like yeah you should do that every year so yeah um so that might be related to why we got some air in the in the system but yeah anyway we have hot water now but it's it's not a nice thing to wake up and just be like cold cold showers it sounds like quite a manly task bleeding radiators (laughs) bleed these yeah like i'm just gonna go and bleed the radiator it would be more fun if there was actual blood that came mm, out. That would be terrifying. Your house would be haunted. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as ghosts. That would be hilarious. I'm just going to go over and bleed the radio. Like, it's just a, such a, you know, matter of fact thing. You just, like, <laughs> take <laughs> pints of blood out of it. <laughs> okay, that's, that's uh, O positive. Okay, good. I don't know if that's a blood type. Uh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Opposite of O negative. <laughs> Okay. So that's hot water. I uh, yeah, great. Bleeding radiators. Mm-hmm. Just had to get all of that out of my system. Hydronically, <laughs> literally. Uh, <laughs> you had to get all that air out of your system. Yeah. Do you have Ooh. a special key? Hot air. Uh, key for the radiators. Yeah, for bleeding. I don't the know. I haven't done that yet. I've seen that. That's a thing. Yeah, you need one. That feels weird. That there's a key. Well, it's. I mean, it's. Like an Allen wrench, basically. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't have to go to a locksmith and be like, ah, oh, my radiators. <laughs> yeah, it's locked. <laughs> the last owner took the key with them. Uh, I have no idea how to bleed my radiators. Yeah. So we also got another Ecobee out of this whole paranoia time of like, because... It doesn't seem like that would help. Well, at one point <laughs> I thought it might. And it was also an excuse <laughs> to get another Ecobee. Because I was... I don't know what I was thinking. I guess I was thinking that the the heat, actual heating zones were hogging the hydronic power, <laughs> <laughs> the hot water. So that's why. The, okay. Anyway, you've had a real roller coaster. Yeah, it's been interesting. There's also a priority switch on the zone board. Okay. That you can say zone four either has priority or not highest priority, and it was set to on. Oh. Which is seems like what we wanted, and the guy that came over was like, "Yeah, that's that's actually that's surprising to me that you already had that on. Let's try switching that off." <laughs> so like, uh, okay, and then we didn't have hot water a couple more times, so I put it back on. <laughs> I mean, we won't anyway. It's the highest priority. Whoa. Um, what are you playing on your iPad? I'm just my. I'm sorry. <laughs> on my iPhone. Very large phone. <laughs> Nothing important. Okay. It's just something I'm going to show you. Okay. It's not just on my phone. There's something behind a box. What? That's a robot. I think. Oh my god, what is that? Uh, I should... I'm not going to do this. Yeah, that's... No. 
is he doing? So it's like a construction robot thing. Yeah. He's got little like tank tracks. Uh-huh. Um Looks to like move. He has a, a scooper situation. Yeah, that's so he can pick up these cubes. Oh, oh. <laughs> can he pick up a mic cable? Uh probably. Mm. Oh. <laughs> I like his reactions. He would like to play a game. That's what my phone has just told me. Okay. He would like to play it with you. Yeah. Did it say that? Uh, Yeah. Whoa. So he is going to try and get that cube. Okay. You have to slowly push it towards him. And then when he tries to grab it, you pull it away. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, with his little scooper thing, oh, he's trying man. to he's trying to tap the top of the cube. This definitely um, sounds Star Wars inspired. So, <laughs> uh, so it turns out Paige is terrified of our robot vacuum, uh-huh. and um, that's the excuse that I've used for buying this tiny robot that um, is called Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> he got the cube. So this guy is Cosmo. Cosmo. Wow. Um, he. <laughs> he really lunges at the end there. It's yeah, kind of... he really he wants that cube. That's exciting. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought I'd just leave him messing around. Kind of sounds he... like a cross between an Ewok and a droid. Oh yeah, he has. Um... Oh god. He has so fucking much. I didn't realize how he worked for the longest time. I didn't know if he, you know, what kind of inputs he had. Yeah. Um, Because he seems somewhat aware of what's happening around him. Like, he must be measuring something. Does he have a camera in his mouth? To pick up the cubes and things. Um, He looks like he has a camera in his mouth. He does, which I didn't expect him to have, like, a... Are you taking video of me right now? I'm not. Okay. <laughs> um, I am planning to show you Explorer mode. Okay. So you can see. Oh my god. It's like a Mars rover. But less latency. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so when he sees the cubes, you can. he has like contextual... Like, he knows that they're cubes. Oh, my God. And if you... um, You can move his head up and down. So if you move his head up and then look into <laughs> the camera, uh-huh. he, he'll recognize that you are a human. Okay, I'm going to tell him to greet me. Uh, he's not going to recognize you because I haven't told him your name. Oh, come on. This is crazy. So but- for, for the listeners, I'm looking at Matt's iPhone which has a live feed of the camera uh, on the robot's mouth. Yeah, you're now controlling him. So you can also move him forward. So I'm controlling him. And if you... Um, it uses the accelerometer to t- turn. So if you tilt the phone... Oh, no way. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, this, this is great. This is great. Um, so and so you can... When he sees the cube, you can tell him to pick the cube up. Okay. Um, <laughs> why did he just turn? <laughs> huh. This is hard. Yeah, no, it's like a steering wheel. Oh, like that. Yeah. 
Lift cube. Yep. Oh, no way. <laughs> that is oh, amazing. So Drop cube. What's what's even what's stack cube? Oh yeah. If you Roll pick cube. up if you pick up a cube and then you point them at another cube, he can stack them on top of each other. <laughs> so um, he'll also like. What did you tell him to? Oh, you told him to roll it. Yeah. Um, he'll also uh, he can he'll do this on his own. I don't know if you can if you have the option to knock over the stack of cubes. Where's he going? Oh, he's trying to lift the cube to see if he can. Um, so if he sees the stack of cubes when you're not controlling him, he'll knock them over. I'm going to tell him to roll all of them. <laughs> roll all of the cubes. Um, so what's really neat is that, yeah, it shows you this like AR interface over the camera feed where it's like detecting, you know, like Terminator 2. Yeah. Where it's like, that is a human. Well, that's what he's... 10 meters away. That's what he's realizing. So he has a SDK mm -hmm. that's all um, Python. So you can program behaviors into him. Like detect certain images and do do things? Do an action when you detect those images. Wow. That's fun. Um, so I want to mess around with that a bit more. That's really cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, is this like a Think Geek purchase or a or an Amazon or a So the company is called uh, Anki, I think. A N K I. And they um, they do all sorts of things. Oh, do they make those race cars? Yes. The iPhone race cars? Yeah. Okay. This is cooler than those, I think. <laughs> um, so I think they've only made the two things, the race cars and this. Okay. Um, nice. But something, uh, they still do loads of work with the race cars. So they're continually releasing software updates and things. That's fun. Um, so they're a sponsor? Yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> this, is these, this is just the new background of our podcast. Yeah, just him hanging out. Babbling. You trying to go home? Yeah, anyway, I... Yeah, he's going to get mad. Um, I got him so that Paige would not be scared of robots anymore. Mm -hmm. Um... But is that working? No. She loves she loves Cosmo and she still hates the vacuum. Oh. <laughs> so. Oh well. <laughs> I mean, he does seem friendlier. Oh, he really. Is. I yeah. mean I, I like him more than the vacuum. Than the vacuum. He will um pounce on your fingers. <laughs> um so have, you, have you had much luck with the Roomba? Oh yeah. It you works like great. It? We haven't really it's used not ours as a much as Roomba, we. Though. Oh right. It's uh, oh fuck, what is it? A Nito. Okay. Nito robot vac or something, mm -hmm. and it's really good. I like it a lot. Okay, Cosmo, go to sleep. Ah, <laughs> so sad. It makes you feel bad for putting him to sleep. Okay, now I feel better because he's snoring. <laughs> uh, wow yep it's adorable 
It is adorable. Um, <laughs> so you can uh, you can show him a face and tell him a name for that face, mm-hmm. and then whenever he sees it again, he'll say it. So uh, as soon as he wakes up, he usually the first thing he sees is Paige, and then he says Paige, <laughs> and she's like, "This is the best." <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, That's cool. But I remember someone saying. Uh, you know, he's designed to elicit emotional responses. I'm not going to be tricked by his robot ways. No. And then he immediately said the person's name and he's like, I love it. It's, <laughs> it's like, no, I just typed your name into the iPhone. I don't care. <laughs> it's friendly now. <laughs> yeah. I need him back. I need to put him on his charger. I will charge him with love. Like <laughs> definitely sentient. Yeah. Must care for him. <laughs> That's funny. Wow. That's great. I haven't really, yeah, I haven't interacted with any um, better robots than that, right. I don't think. Well, I'm excited to explore toy the, robots, the SDK more, because mm-hmm. it is all just, um, they've set up like a Python DSL. It seems really approachable. Yeah. Um, he'll recognize dogs and cats. <laughs> and so you can tell him if, if you see a cat, charge it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm sold. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Man, I thought the laser pointer thing that we had was good for the cat. Maybe if we just had a robot chasing the cat around all day. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like he would destroy it somehow. (laughs) The cat would. Yeah, he would probably try and eat it. Take apart the the rubber tracks, at least. (laughs) Chew on those. Yeah, he gets mad if you put him on his back and. He can't flip over like one of those crazy like Boston no, Dynamics. No, robots. but he can. He can if uh, he can pop a wheelie. No, oh. and then get himself down from that, um, which is pretty cool. That's great. Yeah, I like that. I wonder what those like. Yeah, what's that going to be like in like five years? Oh yeah, completely like an insane HD 4K video. Yeah, for. 50 bucks yeah <laughs> it's like I, so this was this was um 100 and something okay so not crazy less than an apple watch yeah um probably use your apple watch more but and it's pretty like um <clears throat> it, he has this like field of vision and so i think he has like a little laser here that is what's causing the um blocks to light up okay so if he knows there's a block there they glow <laughs> a certain color is there any um interactions if you get more if you get two do they like no. they don't know about each other like, nope. that'd be kind of fun to watch them like battle or like yeah you can you can play uh so that's what the cars do right so with the cars uh they have made like a really high-tech scale electrics basically so you get a track and everything and you build that up yourself and Did then you say scale scale electrics oh what are they called i don't know Skeletrics? Isn't what? that? Is that a thing? It might be a thing. I just don't know what it is. Skeletrics. Skeletrics. Was oh, that the thing where you pull the trigger? Yeah. In the cars. Oh, that was like. So it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not crazy. It's oh, called Skeletrics. I always wanted one of those. Right. So the the ones they've made, um, you just make this uh, track that doesn't have like a fixed. Um, track that they go along and you just pull a trigger mm-hmm. but you control the cars with your phone mm-hmm. and so you'll pick up weapons and things 
Oh. And you can shoot with your phone and it will disable but someone all, else's car. And it, that's not happening in the physical world. Right. That's all augmented it's on all top AR. of... It's all AR. Yeah. Yeah. So the race is happening in the physical world. Um, and Wait, so you can see... Is it the same thing? They have cameras on them and you can see... No, I don't think so. Okay. They don't have cameras on. So you don't like target right. you know, cars ahead of you and, in that sense. You're just like... And they're still like releasing stuff for that line of toys. So they recently released um, 18-wheeler trucks <laughs> to race with that are like cool. slower but just mash everyone else off the off yeah. the track. I remember thinking that the... the um, they looked kind of cool, but it was just weirdly placed at a really like high priority in the Apple event where it was like, is this really the biggest thing? Mm. Like, I don't know. I guess they're, they're really cool. I think they didn't like communicate super well what was happening uh, with them or like it maybe it, maybe it's like more fun than it seemed like it was. But like these are just also people just go around to see like new iPhones and like, yeah, <laughs> come on. But that's cool. Neat. So you have a jar of... Is that like grapefruit juice? (laughs) Um, It's a mason jar. It's a mason jar. And it's Um, got like celery floating in it? That's a good guess. And... Is is it rhubarb or something? Yeah, you got it. there we go. You got it. Very close to celery. Yep. So um, I'm a big fan of rhubarb grew up having a lot of rhubarb pie <laughs> is that that's why i got the hair yeah, yeah. i um, thought so that has to be a yeah. reason um it used to be green until i ripened and then until you... now it's, <laughs> it's red is that is that sort of like puberty but yeah yeah um <laughs> but for gingers right so uh <laughs> so what um so made some rhubarb liqueur well it's in the in the process of being made i guess you could say yeah this is vodka and oh um (laughs) have i told you about vodka you said you don't like vodka vodka is the first alcohol i was sick from Mm, yeah and so it has a special place in my psyche so it's not vodka anymore (laughs) it's rhubarb liqueur. it's rhubarb liqueur okay uh yeah um so I made actually made three different jars though. So one is vodka. This one's vodka based. There's two smaller ones. One is rum and one Ooh. is whiskey. I like rum and whiskey. White whiskey. Um, just like because I didn't I didn't have enough vodka to make the the recipe. So I was like, oh, what other clear <laughs> liquors do I have? Yeah. So be curious to see if they taste any different. But um, it says to make them sit for like two to four weeks. I think this has only been a week. Oh. And it's already very so the, the so liquid is very pink. Yeah. But like it doesn't look like there's any pigment left in the rhubarb. Um Oh so it all like it's, it's all been drawn out. Yeah, it seems like it's done. Maybe it's the not. rhubarb went in red. Presumably. Yeah. 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 It's all um I mean it's all yeah, it's fairly white. Yellowy white. Yeah, at this point. Um Interesting. So yeah. what is this for? Just to have. Oh just to okay. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> Why is this um, on the table? Because I like rhubarb. You brought it in. Um, and there are, so you can get rhubarb liqueur commercially, but it's very kind of rare. Um, there's one made in Pennsylvania, actually, that I want to find, but I haven't uh, seen around here. So it's like, oh, I'll make some. Yeah. And it's fun to make things. And uh, Make is a 
strong word. You put rhubarb in vodka. Well, okay. There's a little more to it. Not much, but there's a little more to it. So it's vodka and triple sec. <laughs> and rhubarb and sugar syrup. Okay. To sweeten it. So you have to heat, you know, you got to heat the water. Oh, yeah. Almost boil it. Almost boil it. With some, with some sugar. And okay, that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's it pretty easy. Okay. But uh, I, but it, things that make you wait a long time make it feel like beer, right? It makes right. you feel like you've been doing something, but it's really just <laughs> liquid that's sitting in your house. But you're like, oh yeah, yeah. I spent a w- I spent a month on this. Yeah, like this is when really it was just entropy. <laughs> yeah, like just nature having its way. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, we can try this on a future future episode. Okay, that's exciting. It's very very um non-masculine looking um drink that's because it's pink yeah that's okay yeah i guess Mm -hmm. i mean traditionally i should say (laughs) traditionally pink was for boys what yeah is this is this a a, a snopes thing or something no it's like a queen victoria bucks the trend um red Uh, in England, red, red was the color of the army, mm-hmm. the red coats. Right. And so pink was a... Variation. Uh, yeah. It was a more childish version of red. Oh. Red was considered, you know, a color of aggression, manliness. I never heard about the pink coats. Um, no. <laughs> blue, blue is supposed to be a calming color. Mm-hmm. So traditionally, mm. blue was the color for girls to keep their emotions in check. Blue bonnets and blue... Yep. And pink okay. was the color for boys because it was a... Yeah. Less harsh version of red. Interesting. So this is a traditionally masculine color. Well, boy-ish color. Boy-ish. Yeah. Okay. That works for me. Um, cool. Cool. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. What time is it? Um, 10.44. Why is that important? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned about vacuum decay. Um, oh, because of your Roomba. Yeah. Yeah, I needed to know how long it would last. Um, so, have you heard this... Do you know this idea of the um, vacuum of space having... Not being zero energy? Not being zero energy. Um, so, in in a... Is this going to get into the dark matter? Uh, no, not really. Okay. It, it's to do with, like, the uh, lowest energy states that anything can be in. Okay. Uh, so that's sort of like a quantum effect. Like... Um, what? <laughs> so... Uh, Assume that I didn't take quantum anything. Okay. Did you... Uh, so you, you never um, spoke about like the infinite well stuff with particles? So the idea is that... No. like So in the, in the real world, we're used to everything being on a continuum. Like you can always add a little bit to anything. Um, so there are centimeters, there are millimeters, there are micrometers, there are nanometers. Right. You're always getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Oh, okay. And like there, there is an sort of infinity of smallness. An analog. Yeah. Um, you can always have a smaller amount. Mm-hmm. Um, that becomes not true for e- energy levels with oh. particles. There's an atomic there, There's a energy. Yeah. There is a, so unit the 
the whole quantum mechanics that comes from the idea of quanta. Like there is a amount, a smallest amount. Mm. Okay. For that particle. Okay. So, um, and you can't be in between those two amounts. So there's like the lowest energy state and then the next energy state. Mm-hmm. And when um, particles m- move between those two energy states. Um, they round up or down. Basically. <laughs> they have to go into one of those yeah. two levels. Huh. Um, and when they do that, oh, they do it by either absorbing light or um, pushing light out. Nice. And so that's why you get um, like light bands. Based out. So like a hydrogen light will um, produce uh, sort of bands of light in certain colors mm-hmm. in the spectrum. So mm-hmm. you'll get like a very bright line of red or a very bright line of purple mm-hmm. and then nothing in between. Okay. Because it's not releasing light in that spectrum. Got it. And that's those discrete en- energy levels. Huh. This is reminding me of in music production, okay. when, you, when you play a part yep. using a MIDI instrument, all the notes are in your sequencer and you can look at them and you can select them and be like, oh, I didn't really play this to, to time, so I can quantize this. You to get it into... Notes and you say quantize and it locks them in. At the right time. At the right beats, which is oh, the same okay. idea. Yeah. There's also quantization as it applies to digital sampling because you only have, say, 16 bits. For a CD quality audio, you have 16 bits where you have to fit each sample into. Right. So you it's rounding up or down to that discrete value. Yes. Okay. Quanta. Quantization. Yep. Exactly. Quantum mechanics. So, yeah. Um, so the idea is that um, in a true vacuum... Mm-hmm. It's not at zero energy. Right. It It's stuck at an energy level higher than zero. That's the lowest state okay. that the universe can be in. <laughs> sure. And um, what that means is that there's a small chance of um, stuff happening, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, you get like weird things happen, like particles just appearing out of nowhere. Okay. This is like one of the effects of this like lowest energy level. Is it so? Someone described, didn't describe quantum mechanics to me, but a symptom of it as, yeah, you could like, there's a chance that I, I could turn around, and look back, and you won't be there because quantum mechanics, or something like that. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, that's true. <laughs> right, it's true. But it's just not, the world. <laughs> yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, basically. Uh-huh. Um, but yes, there's, that, that's Gets what, into like probability and yeah, that's, stuff. You get into all sorts of weird effects that happen because of this quantization of energy levels. Okay. So the vacuum of space has a lowest energy level, which means that it's not really empty. Mm-hmm. Kind of, there is some energy there. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason for... There's a theory, a quantum mechanical theory, that the reason for that is that um, when the universe was created, um, there are all these different particles that fell into uh, various um, energy uh, wells, Okay, essentially. So... Um, Things like protons, neutrons, uh, electrons, uh, these could exist with different masses, charges, and all mm. this kind of thing. But they fell to like the most stable configuration mm. that they could be in. And the idea is that the the vacuum um, I concept like fell into a 
uh, local minimum. So if you imagine like a, a curve that mm-hmm. looks sort of like a sine wave. Yeah, not less like a sine wave and more like a lightning bolt. Okay. So it sort of goes up and then dips and makes a little well and then keeps going up. Right. The idea is that the vacuum fell into this little well. So it's not in the lowest energy state. Okay. But if it moves in either direction, that trends upwards. That trends less stable. Hmm. Okay. Now, the, the idea of vacuum decay is that there is a lower energy state. Right. But it can't get to it because there's a hill it has to get over. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it could, uh, there's a concept called quantum tunneling. Okay. Where um, the actual place where the particle is, is uncertain. And so there's a chance that it can move along a line and not have to overcome a hill. Hmm. Okay. Basically. And so the idea of vacuum decay is that the particle, uh, the vacuum like immediately teleports basically through the hill. And then starts dropping down to a different stable state. Okay. If this happened, it would, like, rewrite... All the laws of physics. All the laws of physics. Would be screwed. Yes. Okay. It would It would change the um, masses of things. It would change the... All the constants. Of... Yeah. The, um, you know, what the force of gravity <clears throat> is, what the electromagnetic force is. It would change... E equals MC squared. Oh, yeah. Uh, maybe. It might. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Like, it's going to change all of these fundamental concepts of physics. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that happened, uh, this new state would spread through space-time um, at the speed of light. Okay. So you'd have, like... Which um, is kind of slow in the uni- in the sense of the universe. Yes. Right. So if, right. if this happens really far away, we wouldn't really know... Well, well the it wouldn't I- happen in our part of the universe for a while. Yeah. And so, actually, there's this there's this idea that it has happened, right? That it's happened in loads of places around the universe, and just like stars have burned out, but we haven't noticed yet because yes. the light hasn't. Um, the, yeah, but because it goes at the speed of light, and you can't get information faster than the speed of light, in theory, um, we wouldn't know until the laws of physics were rewritten and we were all destroyed, <laughs> <laughs> or we would become more powerful. No, that would the laws of physics like. All of the changed. all of the biological processes that we depend on would immediately be torn apart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, but wow, okay, yeah, that's that's a new fear. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it shouldn't be a fear because like there's nothing you can do. Right, I'm afraid of dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's more than dying. Isn't it? You, There's, there are some things I can do cease. to maybe prevent myself from dying sooner than later. Yeah. But it's going to happen and I'm still not excited about it. Yeah. I mean, it could happen here and then we'd be, yeah, then right. we'd all be gone. Maybe. But the if, idea is there's a chance of it happen any, happening anywhere. What if the, the laws universe? of physics changed just, just slightly in the sense that it makes this podcast the best podcast in the world? Today. It's not already. If it already, yeah. If it isn't, only if it isn't. Only if currently. it isn't. What if that <laughs> was this? Was is the that a, is that a physical law? Yeah, yeah. It changes the bits in this recording. <laughs> the bits. Yeah, yeah. Are there not going to be bits anymore? 
Are they quanta? Are they quanta? <laughs> are they are they quarks? What's a quark? quark? What's a quark? Quark quark? Yeah. Um yeah. so there are three types of quarks and um are they related to from quantum what's I remember? Uh I don't think so. Okay. It's particle particle physics. Subparticles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh so electrons are made up of quarks, uh protons are made up of quarks and neutrons are made up of quarks so the idea is that those three basic building blocks are made up of even more basic building blocks mm-hmm. and then there's strings that just tie them yeah. all together <laughs> is that a different i don't know uh there was a um i think it was fermi who suggested that all electrons were the same single electron the electrons were not um what restricted by time that's cool and so but weird all electrons Every single electron is in the universe was the same single electron. It's like Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere. And he was like, there's no way you could disprove that. Whoa. <laughs> Dang. Like time is just not a thing for electrons. That's cool. It's a cool idea. Man, if you ever think scientists are boring. I mean, there are boring scientists, I'm sure. Yeah. But like stories like that where it's like, how do you even... Yeah, come up with that as a theory. That's crazy. A lot of scientists were dicks as well, right? They would just like write to each other, telling them, telling each other that they're idiots and yeah, um, not people you really necessarily want to have <laughs> yeah, a beer with. They weren't friendly people generally. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. What's the who's the scientist who came up with the planetary laws of motion? I'm really talking to the wrong person here, aren't uh, I? Niels Bohr. No. Planetary. <laughs> <laughs> if I say it confidently enough. <laughs> I don't even know who that is, but I know it's not. Yeah, Niels Bohr. Ne- who is he? He uh did the, the, the stuff of the planets and the atoms. Kepler. Yeah. Kepler came up also with the planetary known as Kepler. <laughs> no. Nickname. No, that's his name. Um, Kepler was a German scientist right. uh, who was around at the same time as Galileo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Galileo was just a dick to him the whole mm. time. Like, Kepler was this um, poor scientist who always, like, he went through these horrible times in his life where at, at one point his mum was uh, accused of being a witch and he had to stop what he was doing to defend her at court. Um and Galileo was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Galileo was just a prick the whole time. Wow. Um, I mean, you think, yeah, the amount of hubris Galileo had to have had yeah. to like be like, no, this is how the world works yeah. in the universe. <laughs> and well, hey, most powerful organization in the world, the church. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about you. <laughs> well, he had a lot of support. It's not like yeah. it was one man against the church. No, I like think it was, and I think that's you know, how I remember. That's not, <laughs> is that not it? That's not it. Okay. Um, Kepler was one of the first people to write to Galileo after he released his uh, theories of the sun being the center of the universe and say, "I believe you," <laughs> despite Galileo being a complete dick to him <laughs> the entire time. Maybe he was just grasping for like, "How can this guy be nice to me?" <laughs> I believe you. Yeah, yeah. that sounds good. <laughs> We're not the center of everything. Hmm. <laughs> I never really thought about this until now, but the so that discovery that that the Earth is not the center of the the solar system. Yeah. Well, 
I guess it wouldn't have been called the solar system. If the universe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Um, I mean, it was also thought that um, everything above us was um, perfect <clears throat> and unchanging. Mm. So when people reported things like stars disappearing, that yeah. was totally... Like, no. No, that can't happen. <laughs> this um, is all fixed. This is all... Yeah. Yeah. Or like people talking about comets. And like there was a big thing about all orbits had to be circular. And so this was a lot of the work Kepler did was um, describe orbits as elliptical. Okay. But that was considered less perfect than a circle. And so it right. made a lot of people mad. Well, I was thinking the... So that discovery you know, lessened our, our role in the universe. Right. Right. And which reminds me of evolution, right. And, and Darwin stuff, which is like, Hey, maybe we're not that as special as you yeah. might think we are. Um, it's just cool to see that trend kind of follow through where there's this backlash of like, no, we're special. <laughs> no, wait. Yeah. Oh, now what? I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know like where to get meaning from because, not everything revolves around us literally and figuratively, yeah. you know? I mean, it's also interesting because, uh, this was really like, um, really big organizations working against each other for like normal people. It didn't fucking matter. Mm. Yeah. Like for most people, they didn't care. Right. Where the earth was. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying like in today, it would be the same as if today, like, uh, CERN or something was like had a quibble with, I don't know, NASA. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like, oh, that's just some scientists in white papers saying blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And about quarks. And <laughs> it doesn't quarks. really matter to us. But it's like, oh no, like space time's changing. Yeah. <laughs> like shit's getting weird. <laughs> Vacuum decay Vacuum. is happening. Yeah. That's fun. I'm going to drop that in the conversations. Vacuum decay is happening. Let's just How put about things that in... vacuum decay? Yeah. Let's you know just put mean? things into perspective. <laughs> yeah. We could all be wiped out. <laughs> yeah. Someone's like, oh, Trump's first three weeks. And I'm like, yeah, but vacuum decay. <laughs> yeah. That's the news. The news bit you should be worried about. <laughs> just always have the... Like, yeah, global warming could be a problem, but... <laughs> Let's take a break. So I've moved to a bar um, in Ian's house. He is shaking a cocktail, I assume. Um, this is brand new. Ugh. This is a brand new feature on Hunchpig. We're going to be. Ian is searching for the perfect cocktail for me. Mm -hmm. We're going to do. We're going to use like a binary search. Yep. Situation. So if you we're going to this. I'm going to go completely opposite. If I like it or if I hate it. If you hate it. If I hate it. Okay. Complete opposite. It looks like. Unfiltered peach juice. It really does. Um, you've put it in a fancy cocktail glass, which I'm impressed by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm just going to try it and be like, yeah, I love it. I love peaches. Turns out all cocktails have been non-alcoholic this whole time. And everyone's <laughs> no, like, everyone oh, just... this is great. Cheers. Okay. Oh. <laughs> That's really strange. Um, what am I drinking? So, uh, <clears throat> this is called a bourbon crusta, which is a not... Is it vodka-based? A non-attractive name. It's bourbon. It's bourbon. Based. Yeah. Bourbon-based. Uh, so, bourbon crusta. So, the crusta... The crusta. ...was supposed to be... Okay. This, depending on how you want to talk about it, this could technically not be a cocktail. Because there was the original cocktail... And there was the crusta, and oh. they were supposed to kind of diverge. Di diverge from there, different genus, and like maybe we would be going to crusta bars now instead of instead cocktail of, bars. Oh, but but the, the cocktail really kind of won out. Yeah, kind of, um, in an evolutionary sense. Yeah, so this so is what, kind of a, a what is a, a crust, artifact of a history? Crusta. So a crusta, I'm not a fan. <laughs> Noted. Um, <laughs> It is missing. I don't think this would change it for you, but it's missing a sugared rim. Mm. Um, okay. Anyway, it's a bourbon it crusta. Yeah, I need to write this down. Yep. So this is two ounces of bourbon. You ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. Two ounces of bourbon. I'm not going to write this down. Uh, are there any flavors? Do you want to guess before? Um. Is that part of the part of the segment? Mm. There's something vodka. there's something like sour and fruity, mm -hmm. but I'm yep. struggling to say what it is. Um, so yep, so fresh lemon juice. Fresh. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I squeezed the lemon. Um, Cointreau, which mm. is uh, triple sec, so orange liqueur. Okay. Uh, Maraschino or maraschino, depending on how you want to say it. <laughs> uh, liqueur, which is a like a weird cherry liqueur, but it's like really uh, strong and has like a nutty flavor to it as well. I would never pick out all of these flavors, and I don't think I would either. Nutty? And Angostura bitters, which is the traditional bitters you would have in an old fashioned or a Manhattan or something like that. Uh, that's it. So what makes a crusta different from a cocktail? The crusta is a style of drink which harkens from the early 1800s. While it never gained the same level of notoriety as the cocktail, today's cocktail revival is allowing it to once again make its way onto drink lists again. So I think when the cocktail was invented... It wasn't meant to be a category. It was the cocktail. And I think an old-fashioned oh. harkens back to, this is the old-fashioned, like the cocktail. cocktail. So um, so what are the elements of a cocktail versus the elements of a cruster? Uh, so an old-fashioned right. old is, um, remind me. Is um, whiskey. Okay. Bitters and and um, sugar and water. 
okay. or, or simple syrup. This all sounds like very similar to what we're drinking. Yeah, it. Yeah, at a high level, you have the same kind of. So there is the addition of of fruit juice. So maybe that mm. I think that might be the big difference is the citrus juice. Um, other than that, because and there's like liqueurs in here. This is more complex than old fashioned. Old fashioned is really like here's whiskey. Yes, and we're giving you just a little something else. balance of it with some bitters and a little bit of sugar to like take the edge off. Right. Um, whereas this is more. There's more going on. Um, and it becomes kind of its own thing more than I think a, an old fashioned is like, oh, I really like whiskey and mm. yeah, this kind of gives I want a little something, yeah. something else. So Where, whereas straight. this is the, the bourbon in here. Yeah. Is not the main character. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, it's right. It's, it's not hidden, but it's also not like featured really prominently. It's like, right. You could probably tell. Um, it, it's kind of like a whiskey sour, really. Mm. Um, like a, a, a I natural whiskey sour, but with the other flavors of orange and I don't know if you're going cherry. to find a cocktail that I like. Yeah. Like this. That's the question. This epitomizes the kind of, <laughs> you don't like all the stuff I don't like. Which, can you verbalize it at all? I think it's, is the, is the sourness something that you want to avoid like if something's gonna have lemon juice lime juice is that gonna be necessarily I don't a problem think, no i don't think so i think the maybe the orange and cherry together is offensive <laughs> it's like the most delicious combination <laughs> I <can think> of. <laughs> okay um <laughs> this might be hard there yeah it's so <laughs> tough to say there is a certain You said you put sugar in here as well? No. Simple syrup? No. No, you that's, didn't. That's an old-fashioned. Okay. Right. This is supposed to have a sugared rim. I wonder if that would change it. Um, yeah. I doubt it. The lemon is a little... Bitey. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. There's some, there's some, there's, I am struggling to verbalize what it is that I don't like about it. Right. Um, do you, uh, do you foresee a, a herbal, herbal, mm. um, concoction maybe being a little more, yeah, interesting slash maybe. enjoyable? I think so. Okay. What are the bitters that you put in here? So Angostura okay. bitters are, um, Basically, if a cocktail recipe says add bitters or add arom- aromatic bitters, that's the... it's basically just assumed that that's what you use because they're the de facto brand um, proprietary formula, which I think uses bark from the Angostura tree as okay. one of the ingredients. But there's like, it's one of those recipes where it's like the the chartreuse from the monks. It's like, there's right. it's just age old and there's a hundred different things in it and it's... yeah. You know, cinnamon and uh, just crazy different spices. and There does seem to be a lot of, um, I guess it is the lemon. Mm-hmm. 
um, a lot of that cloudiness to it. Yep. Uh, which in and of itself isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I find the color strange. <laughs> yeah. It is like... Um, so they're all clear ingredients except for the bourbon and the lemon juice. And the lemon juice. So that's why it's kind of like a dingy, <laughs> mm. um, orangish kind of uh, diluted whiskey kind of look. It's got good legs. Yeah. Um, oh, like on the glass? Yeah. Yeah, you can see that when you pour the liqueur, it's like it really clings. Um, it's very viscous, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, um, should I be giving these ratings? Yeah, let's try a ratings system um, of uh, let's see. I don't want to. I, I never want to give too many levels. Yeah, because I feel like that gets maybe. Um, I think I'll let's compare it to. Let's pick a category. Okay. Um, pick a category. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't know, like animals or something. <laughs> like this is the. This is definitely a reptile. Oh, in my world, this is a complicated <laughs> system. <laughs> it's a reptile, um, but I don't know if you like reptiles. I Maybe don't, you love reptiles. I don't like reptiles at all. Um, if I give anything a mammalian, a mammal as a rating, that's yeah, good. That's good. In general. I like mammals. Okay. Um, I don't. I think this is probably. What about? It's okay. not. So I think the worst is snake. Snake is the worst. All right. What about um, would drink this in the middle? Yeah, I think this is a gecko. Beneath it is like I won't. I don't want to even finish this, or like I I don't want to drink this. Yeah, that's a snake. Oh, this is okay. This isn't quite snake. This isn't snake. No. Okay. This is this is gecko. <laughs> okay. And then above that is like looking forward to having again, like oh yeah, like a dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, this is a gecko. So this is a middle, like, middle to meh kind of thing. So, yeah, I think reptiles are the worst, but geckos are kind of cute. Okay. It's like, I think that I think the best reptile is a turtle. Right. Gecko's just below that. Then we start getting into, like, crocodiles and is snakes. Is a turtle a reptile? I don't think I know what a reptile is. Is it an amphibian? Is that? Yeah, turtle's a reptile. Amphibian is something different. Amphibian is just something that lives on land and water. Like a like a turtle. Oh. No, frogs are amphibians. Oh, okay. Well, there's a sea turtle. Is there a sea frog? Oh, boy. Tile. I'm sure there are sea frogs. Categories are... Common... Yeah. And they all, like... They all overlap. <laughs> let's, just, let's just put these cocktails into simple categories. Like, yeah. You know, animals. Animals. That's Penises. just... That's really... Yeah. Easy. <laughs> this is a gecko. This is definitely a gecko. Okay. Is it the gecko with the with the gecko voice, or is it Ooh. like because that can get no annoying? Yeah. Or no, I'm, okay. we're not going to complicate it with. <laughs> we're not going to complicate it. <laughs> sure. with. Um, we're just going to map taste yeah. to animals. personified animals. Okay. It's just it's just a gecko. Okay. Um, okay. I think, uh, I think I have some direction for next yeah. time. Um, we might not get there and that's fine. That's It'll what, yeah. be, you'll, at the very least, you'll get a survey of kind of what's out there <laughs> yeah. to not like. 
and <laughs> and that's useful. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's um, a bourbon cruster. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend it. <laughs> Not recommend it. <laughs> I think Ian does. Do you how do, how do you like it? I like it. Um, I do like it. I have to be in the mood for the lemon because it is um, sharp. Kind of a. It's not something I'm gonna. I want to have like multiple of because the, the w- acidity gets a little like. Yeah, I like lemon as a flavor. Right. Like I love lemon chicken or like uh-huh. putting lemon on fish. So this. So I don't think it's the lemon that I find. Maybe not in in theory, but it might be the amount because this is each of these have a half of lemon squeezed into squeezed it. Squeezed into it, which is. I don't think that's a problem. I, okay. I do, I do think there's... We could break this down I think it's into the, the ingredients and see which ingredient <laughs> yeah. you hate, I'm if not, that's a thing. I'm not a big fan of cherries. Oh. And I, I think there is something about mixing cherries, orange, and lemon that... Okay. Yep. That seems unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny, because a lot of old fashions come garnished. Garnished. <laughs> cherry All and those orange <laughs> um cool yeah the the maraschino liqueur is is interesting because it's not um it's not i don't know if i would even get like if someone gave it to me and i'd never and i didn't already know that it was like cherry based right i don't know if that's what i would th- pick up the cherry pick up mm-hmm. yeah it's it is weird um uses the marasca cherries Hence, Maraschino. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I actually did look at this as a, our a little etymology Oh, okay. Piece. Yeah. So, Maraschino is a combination of Marasca, which is the cherry type, and um, Amaro, which is bitter. So, it's like bitter cherry. Okay. Uh, Maraschino. Maraschino. There we go. And Amaro, we'll get into this as we do more cocktails, but... There's a whole world of these liqueur, Italian liqueurs called Amaro. I see. Uh, sorry, Amari. This is going to be the plural. Um, and they are just weird, like, digestive things that right. are supposed to help get everything going. Yeah. Um, and they have some interesting herbal kind of qualities and really, like, mm-hmm. bitter things going on. The IPAs of <laughs> liqueurs. No, <laughs> I don't know. So, f- for a lot of the medieval period, mm-hmm. um, there was a theory around eating that um, our digestive system was a lot like fermenting beer. Mm. And that's one of the reasons that dessert exists. Because you would load up on carbs which would essentially be like wheat yeah and then right at the end to kick fermentation off you'd throw in some sugar <laughs> priming sugar yeah get that stomach primed up Ugh, weird yeah i like the idea that has nothing to do with the taste and we just acquired the taste of sugar like oh wait oh this yeah actually this tastes is good too <laughs> <laughs> huh yeah that's one of the reasons dessert exists and that is how some people's stomachs work as we've talked about. I think, <laughs> there is a gentleman in Texas who 
yeah, has uh, what is it? Auto Brewers syndrome, <laughs> yeah. where his stomach does actually do that. Yeah, turn anything he eats into alcohol. Crazy, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Pale ale versus bitter. Yeah, what's um, that about? So I listened to a a book on Audible. Oh, called. Uh, it's on the list, actually. Pale Ale versus... Oh, Brewmaster's Art? Brew, yeah, Brewmaster's Art. It's, um, it has an attachment. Oh, it doesn't? Is it linked to it? Oh, yeah. This is for the show notes that you're going to do. Oh, yeah. This is so incredibly Matt, helpful. Matt Thank you. This is the show notes. Usually, I don't get this kind of... <laughs> right. I usually Guidance. have to find this stuff myself. So, highly recommended book if you're interested in the kind of general history and uh, way of brewing. Apparently Beer? it costs me, costs me nothing. Oh, try Audible for free. Ah. No. Tricky. Nope. Uh, do it. Try it. <laughs> I've tried Audible already. Try it again. Try it again. <laughs> Keep trying it. Um, yeah, so it was written by Charlie Bamfort. That is not... Yes, that's true. He okay. is also the narrator. Yeah. So it's it's like a lecture series actually. So he teaches at uh, University of California Davis. I see. um, Because they have like a brewing curriculum Hmm. uh, program. And um, so now that you've done this, can we open a brewery? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, we're certified. We are certified. I've gone to school for it. Yeah. I have a degree, Um, an audible degree. We'll need to empty that oil tank. We only make porters. <laughs> Yuck. Um, yeah. Anyway, great book, colorful kind of dialogue. Um, and anyway, he went into he is he is a British guy. He went into the difference of between uh, bitter and, and a pale ale, which we've we talked could, about. Like, yeah, but neither we, of us really we knew. Couldn't get to like what is because they're both bitter and they're both right pale in that. I'm not super pale, but like, I mean, know. bitters are darker generally. Well, I'm creamy. Ooh, oh, is this not true? It's not true. Oh, well, uh, could be slightly true. Okay. <laughs> so Let's... the difference is that it's called one thing when it comes from a cask, and one when it's come from the, when it comes from a bottle. Oh. So if you go to a bar and they have it on cask, that's a bitter. It's a, it's a bitter. Yeah. If you get it in the bottle, that's a pale ale. But otherwise, it's the same thing. Otherwise, yeah, the same source. Recipe. Same recipe. Yeah, yeah. The same technique up to that point, And then it oh, diverges from, from bitter to pale ale. To pale ale. Technically. I mean, okay. obviously, you'll find bitter or bottled beers that are called bitters. And you'll find pale ale on, on cask, maybe. But, like, if you want to yeah. get, like, technical or, like... That's the difference. Traditionally or whatever, that's that's where it, the difference is. Um. We need to open a brewery. <laughs> Try it out. And sell both. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is the same beer. But... I think, you know, I was thinking the other day, I I kind of feel like there is room in America for for a really good um, craft brewery making British styles. Oh. You know, there. so... I know a guy from England. <laughs> <laughs> Who could taste. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know. I feel like we've kind of pushed aside all of these listening to this book kind of got me to this too, mm. because they they go through kind of the German um, style 
not not that there's just one, but like the German kind of philosophy of beer, right? And then like the English philosophy of beer, which is so like the Brits have their pale ale and bitters, uh, porters and stuff, and then Germans have lagers, half of Eisen's. half of Eisen's, uh, Mars and a couple different things, but yeah. Maybach. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that was like, oh, this is like the the real like roots of beer interesting and um, america's like how many hops can we fit into this batch <laughs> i don't know uh i feel like i feel like we could pay some more some more homage to uh kind of the roots mm. there is a um i have a friend of a friend who has a dad who invested in <laughs> a friend of a friend who has a dad i have a friend Whose dad invested in a brewery based in Vermont okay. called Queen City Brewery? Um, I don't know if we talked about it before, but they they do brew traditional British styles for the most part. So you'll see like Yorkshire Porter. Um, there's a Scotch ale that I have in the fridge I haven't tried yet. It's Ooh, supposed to be good. I really like Scotch ales. Yeah. Um, now that that's just an ale that's been in a Scotch barrel. Is that right? Or is um, there more to it? I don't know. That sounds right. That was it, my understanding. There is, um, I feel like there's usually some smoky kind of thing going on. Mm. So that would make sense. Have we um, spoken at all about Tactical Nuclear Penguin? This is the really strong uh, 30-something. I think you brought it up. Yeah. So um, I found out how they make that, uh-huh. um, which is they uh, freeze the beer. Oh. And they collect ice off of the top, basically. Okay. I thought... Weird. That's really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that actually... The the book that I listened to brought that up, and I never really thought that through, but it makes a lot of sense. So the yeast that we use for um, for beer and for wine and stuff, um, it can only tolerate living in its own shit. <laughs> right. For so long, yeah. right? So that's why beer and wine traditionally has a kind of a ceiling for strength. Yes. Because the yeast dies off and it's like, I'm done. Like, I can't right. live in this world <laughs> any yep. longer. So um, that's why we had to invent distilling to get to whiskey and these other things, even though the core ingredients are all the same. Right. Right. It's kind of like, okay, the yeast did what it could do. Um, now we have to you start with this 12% mash or whatever yeah. that you get from, uh, from grain and from yeast. And then you have to distill that to get, to get to the really strong stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah. Cause I, I guess over time I've gradually like learned that, oh yeah, it's all kind of the same stuff, right? The same raw materials that to get whiskey, to get all this stuff. How do they get but it? Like why, like what's yeah. the difference and like why? Like, do you want to use a different kind? It's like, eh, not not really. It's just kind of like you got to distill it to get, um, yeah. Anyway, it's kind of cool. Interesting. I always like learning those things where it's like, oh, it's all, everything's all kind of the same. You yeah. Know, there's this kind of like thread, common thread that goes through a lot of things. It's kind of cool to see that. Um, which is also probably why my brain is broken. I try to make connections when there aren't any connections. <laughs> you're desperately looking like oh yeah we're we're all doing that yeah it's just to different degrees right i try i try too hard sometimes i (laughs) I force it i did learn about the um gin craze 
in England. Okay. Uh, this happened, I believe, in the early 1800s. Yep. Um, I could be a century off. Okay. Could have been the 18th century, which would be... I think this may have touched on that, but let me... 1700s. Let me know what... Um, but this was basically, we had a new king. He happened to be not from England, and he brought over this idea of gin. Yep. Um, at the time, a lot of people were drinking wine and brandy. Was he Dutch? Along with beer. Perhaps? Yes. Okay. Oh, I also, we need to talk about Dutch again. Because uh, okay. I remembered something. Because, yeah, um, gin originated from... Right. Yep. Um, and... They call it, like, Yennever or Jennifer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and there was a, uh, like, god, almost. Okay. Um, like a... Um, I think it became Jennifer. Oh. Or something like that. Huh. And there was this, and she was often represented as like this old drunken hag. <laughs> okay. And I like um, where this is going. Yeah, it's great. There are cartoons, and it's fantastic. Okay. Um, but the the gin craze, uh, the, it basically started as a uh, we hate the French movement. Oh. Um, at the time, brandy brandy was a very um, wide uh, topic. It basically um, it was referencing brandy wine okay and brandy loosely translates to burnt and so it's essentially distilled wine oh, so okay. any anything that yep was in that category was called brandy well you can have fruit brandies too you can have apple brandy right. and yeah um, plum brandy yeah and so there was this big like push to not drink wine and brandy anymore like screw the french yeah we don't want to be funding from in england, england. yeah 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 Makes like sense. um <laughs> and so gin got introduced and when it was introduced there was no legislation around who could produce gin yeah and so suddenly there was this like everyone was it's making like moonshiners it. yeah basically. and selling it for uh, tuppence at the time yep um or uh what was the other one like shillings i forget which is cheaper yeah. but basically everyone could drink <laughs> and um Everyone could drink spirits. Previously, everyone was drinking, but they were drinking beer and wine, which had a lower alcohol right. content. And the reason... When every we say everyone was drinking, that's like all throughout the day. This was like from eight years old. Yeah, yeah. Oh, onwards. yeah, yeah. Like children are drinking. And every day. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's drinking because drinking, like water's not safe. To get potable water. Yeah. Yeah. Water's full of disease. It's horrific. Yep. Everyone needs to drink alcohol. Yeah. But there was a huge panic um, by the aristocracy because suddenly the poor had access to a spirit. Hmm. And this was considered like a luxury item. And um, the poor were like out of place. They were yep. having something that they shouldn't have. They may have been smoking cigars. Oh, God, what would they do next? Like, <laughs> um, and this period of, uh, I think it was like 40 years, was called the gin craze. Hmm. Um, and it's just like everything about it is hilarious. Uh, yeah. There was this um, like heavily religious movement to not drink alcohol anymore yeah. to show restraint. Um, but the entire public's response to this was like, well, that's just like the fucking French. Like, they show restraint. It's, <laughs> it's a British, like, fundamental right yeah. to be able to get shit-faced. Oh, man. Like, See, and not have that restraint. Americans didn't have that, those roots. Yeah. You know, in the 20s, were like, I don't know. Who are we? Maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. I don't know. No, there was a very strong, like... No, We've we, always done this. Yeah, we do not want to be like the French. Nice. And they are, like, shackled by the fact that they have to show self-restraint. Yeah, like, yeah. it's a fundamental freedom to be able to get drunk. I feel like our concept of the French is not 
one of restraint. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's changed. I think um, over the years. I think we switched, basically. England, right. Yeah. England yeah. became more restrained. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, think of like Puritans or something, and then <laughs> the were, French are just like ah, yeah. whatever. You know. There, there are actually so many things that we didn't like it because the French did it. Um, another example is umbrellas. <laughs> we didn't like umbrellas for the longest time. The first person to open an umbrella in London was pelted with rubbish. Is that why? Did they just wear Max? instead no you would uh, the idea was like it showed poor character not to just get wet got it you were like a like deal with it you're weak of character if you're in britain like you're yeah get wet (laughs) if you don't want to get wet you need to get into a cab or something um yeah and so umbrellas were they were used like all across europe Mm -hmm. um and in england they were mostly used by women Mm. and so the first man to do it it was considered French and effeminate. Nice. <laughs> I was really proud of my usage of Mac there. I've been yeah. uh, singing a lot of Beatles songs because I got a Beatles okay. uh, songbook for Christmas. Okay. So it's on the piano. I just kind of like sit there and hammer out some tunes. And there's one song I was like, oh, when he says Mac, I think he's talking about one of those raincoats. Yeah, a rain Mac. Macintosh. Not Macintosh. Yeah. Is it a Macintosh? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the etymology of Mac? Let's look it up. I think it's a Macintosh. I mean, we. what is a Macintosh? It's a raincoat. No. Also an Apple. No. Also a computer. No. Macintosh. Here we I've go. Often, I, we always said Rain Mac, but I'd never Just, heard. Um, do, 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 may refer to... Yeah, Macintosh. So Macintosh actually has a K in it. Okay. Oh, but it, no, it says originally Macintosh without the K, a form of waterproof raincoat. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So we both learned something. Yeah. First sold in 1824 is a made of rubberized fabric. Macintosh is named after its Scottish inventor, Charles Macintosh. Although many writers added a letter K. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Neat. See, I would like a rain Mac would be M-A-C-K. Okay. But I guess that's not right either. Well, if, it became that, I guess. Yeah. Okay. They added the K. Later. Huh. This is a good episode. Yeah. We're learning a lot. Man. Oh, quirks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vacuum decay. I really didn't think England had a huge drinking culture until I moved to America mm-hmm. and realized that, oh, actually, we drink a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to help. <laughs> trying to help. <laughs> That's really what this is about. <laughs> Crusta is not the official cocktail of Britain, though. Got to figure that out. No. Do you like scotch? Uh, yeah, it's okay. Hmm. I don't know if this is going to be successful. Hmm. Hunchpick release automation. Oh, is this something I wrote? Yeah, you. you <laughs> I wanted to tell you about how, my how you've been writing some scripts to yeah, automate. Releasing this podcast, I've been doing real work, and to save yourself some time, uh, yeah. When you do all this, when I do all this, um, so what ingenious, yeah. So I've been writing. uh, If we go back to the technical architecture of the blog, Mm. the blog, the podcast. It's. I mean, it's an audio blog. It's an og. (laughs) A log. (laughs) 
Og. Yeah. Yeah. Audiog. Autolog. 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 Yeah. Autoblog. So it's written in Jekyll. Yep. Which... I know this well. (laughs) Yeah. A bunch of YAML files. Yeah. Each episode, um, you handcraft a YAML file. Yep. And you have to type in exactly how many bytes long the MP3 file is. You have to type in the title, the description, the uh, the the unique identifier, right? Um, the file name, the episode of title, the MP3 episode title, um, all the stuff. Yep. Right. So a lot of this comes from your brain as you're like, oh, I'm just typing out, got a couple yeah. of title. There's blah, a blah. there's a certain uh, like you get into a groove. It's an art too. Yeah. yeah. So there's that stuff, but then there's the stuff that comes from the metadata from the MP3 file. Right. I mean, I just right. have to look this stuff up, and I'm basically gotta, copying like, it over. You got to open it in like oh, Finder, and you're yeah. like, how many bytes is this? It's exhausting. And then you like copy that, and you delete the commas when you paste it in the YAML file. Mm. And then you, then you got to check the length. Like, oh, is it an hour? And blah, 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 blah. yeah, got to put that in. I know oh, this well. and then it's like. You're like it's been like a couple hours. Yeah. And you're like, oh, why doesn't Ian do this? And yeah, it's a whole, it's a pain. It's a pain so, for both of us because I keep telling you about it. So that's to why help, you know so much. So to help yourself, you started writing this these scripts, right? To say bin slash create episode, new episode, boom, yeah. get your YAML file. Oh, then when the MP3 is done exporting, which takes about ten minutes because it's a long, yeah, it's a thing, long process. Uh, when that's done, you say update episode yep. with the metadata from the MP3 file, so you don't have to do all that manually. Yeah, and then it just loads in the YAML, puts in the new values, saves it back out, boom, ready to publish. Wonderful, it's great. Yeah, thank you for doing that. <laughs> uh, that's all. I just wanted to congratulate you on your thank you on your scripting work. Yeah, no, I mean it's uh, I wrote it in Ruby, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. The code's a little iffy, but... Yeah. You know, I don't think you wrote any tests or anything. I've been writing a lot of Bash Mm. lately. Um, Mm -hmm. Not even Bash, just Shell. Whoa. Um, Which has been a lot of fun, actually. I'm surprised at how much you can get done for these sorts of automation tasks. with that? Uh, It's mostly been bin setups and stuff like that. Mm. That's fun. I I might think about rewriting this Ruby... Script into yeah. into shell, or a make file. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're making a file. It's true. It's exactly what you're doing. <laughs> is making a YAML file. <laughs> That's what make files are for. Right. Right. You could do it in rake, or right. make. Mm. Quake. <laughs> Quake three. Yeah. Arena. Um. Cool. Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I just wanted to say that it's uh, it's what another month, another month. So I went to PAX South, yes, the Penny Arcade Expo, uh-huh. uh, which was last weekend in San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. It was delightful. Uh, the weather was great. San Antonio, I'm not sure what it does the rest of the year. Yeah, um, it's got a really big convention center. There's a river. There are canals. Mm-hmm. Did you do the river walk? We were on the river walk. Okay. Uh, on the river walk. Yeah, that's where the convention center is. You don't do it's a on walk. on the river walk. River walk is a place. It's not an it's activity. A pl- yeah. 
Can you do a river walk on, on the river walk? Yes. You can also do it or in do other you just places. just walk on the river walk? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. all of the above. You can also get a like little um, boat on the river walk. Did you meet um, Antonio, the saint? No. Okay. No, Next he time. Won't. He wasn't. He wasn't at PAX. Yeah. So PAX. I've never been to PAX. Okay. Um, I'm trying to. What do you do? So what do you do? I've never been to comic. I've never been to any sort of nerd convention. So when? So other than programming things, I think PAX was the first nerd convention. So, Comic Con. Comic Con. Come on. When did Comic Con start? Like in the 1920s. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like the the original thing. Is it though? Yeah. <laughs> Penny Arcade is like a it's a new Oh yeah, no, it, it's way older. What, 70s? It was founded in 1970. Ooh. Fuck. What did I just say? Yeah, you said the 70s. All right. Um So Ian, one point for Ian. One point, yeah, no, I gotta concede on that. Um anyway. But Comic Con I feel like probably used to be about comic books. Right. Now it's everything. Yes. And every sci-fi thing, every card game, every everything, video games. PAX is seems to be more focused on um on video games. Maybe? But maybe uh, not. yes. Yes. So um PAX was all for video games. Mm-hmm. So at the time, um the not, only not for web comics. Right. Even though it's a web comic. It is a web comic mostly about video games. Right. Which is where it comes from. So pre before um, PAX was a thing, the only real big event that people could go to uh, concerning video games was E3, mm-hmm. which was basically only open to journalists. Okay. Um, or if you're, you know, writing for a magazine about video games. Yeah. And so it was really tough for the general public to go. And so, so it was like the WWDC of video games. Exactly. Yeah. And so PAX, the whole reason they made it was because they wanted something that was open to the public. Like for the people. Right. Yeah. Um, and it started in 2004. Mm-hmm. So 12 years ago. Yep. And 13. Uh, that started in Seattle. 13 years ago. 13 years ago. Yep. That started in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And they now have um, Seattle, Australia, um, Boston. Boston, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, San Antonio. And this year they are opening a PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia. Hmm. And PAX Unplugged is no electronics. So it's all board game stuff. Oh, cool. So I'm going to PAX. Yes. I go in. Yep. And I'm like, cool, I'm in here now. What am I doing? Um, Are there panels? Yeah, so there's a bunch of things. Are there... There are panels. Can I do some VR things? There's an, there's an expo hall, expo hall okay. which is where uh, people are showing off their cool shit. Yeah. So there's a lot of indie game developers showing off stuff there. There's a lot of VR. Right. Um, there are some indie board game. Was the Fez guy there? The Fez guy. No, he was not. Okay. Uh, he could have been. Okay. I don't know. I didn't look at all of the stuff. Yeah. Um, they, had, uh, they had a creepy game called Hello Neighbor made by an indie shop where you would try and ba- break into your neighbor's house because he was doing something suspicious. Wow. Uh, and every time he would catch you, he'd then like make the way you got in harder. 
So if you broke <laughs> if you broke a window <sighs> and he heard you, he'd kick you out and board up the window. But never calls the police. <laughs> yeah. Just well, like, because he's doing something he's doing something suspicious. So he doesn't want to call oh, the police. He has, he, oh. Yeah. All right. Seems like a very 2017 topic. <laughs> like, oh, what's my neighbor's doing? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was hilarious. Um, so give- that was that was in the expo hall? Where yes. you're just yeah, so, watching demos of... So like the, the expo hall opens at like 10.30 and closes at 6. Uh-huh. And it's people like showing off the shit they've made. Right. But then they also... They have a little booth in there like... Exactly. Here's my stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they also have a bunch of panels that are going on. Mm-hmm. um so you know how to get started with twitch or um they have uh they'll draw a comic one of the days the two guys mm-hmm. from penny arcade nice uh they'll do q a's um who's the most famous person you saw there oh is there anyone mainstream famous that you saw just curious there could have been but i i'm not great with mainstream mm. fame true okay i know they they often have um actors from big sci-fi yeah yeah shows but i wouldn't be able to tell you Mm. you don't watch sci-fi shows i do but i don't know any actor's name got it um cool what was the best thing you saw or Um, the most fun thing so on fridays and saturday nights they also do concerts nice which is really cool um so i caught the end of the saturday uh, concert the last act mm-hmm. and it was a uh, band where one person Playing sits Game down Boy. well one person sits down and plays uh nintendo oh classic system okay and he plays games and the band has to play the music for the game <laughs> and so they like switch to boss music when bosses come oh, up and cool. they they play like the the little ending like level complete nice it was so good so it's a twist on yeah 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 Usually and their, their drummer like, would just count them in. Yeah. So like every time there was a thing, they'd still be playing, but the drummer would go like one, two, three, and then they'd switch immediately. Cool. It was it was really good. <laughs> um, but the the guy who was sitting there, so was he playing like Mario or? So he played uh, Castlevania, uh-huh. and then he played a really old bad Batman game, <laughs> and then the final one he played. Um, they said they started with we're not going to tell you what this last game is. We're just we're just gonna go into it. Yeah. And they started this game up and it was DuckTales. Nice. And I was shocked at how many people cheered oh, at this. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah, there's some weird like cult classic NES games. Yeah. Um that I hope I can play on my Switch in emulation mm, mode. Maybe. They have a virtual console idea. Did you tell me oh, tell me about this? No, I didn't. It's a thing in general, I think. With right. Nintendo, like Wii U, I think maybe you can do this too. Okay, but I'm hoping, and I think as part of the new um, paid like Nintendo Online service, yep, they give you like a game a month or something, right? Um, from the from the archives, yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm kind of hoping on that because mm. I know a lot of the so a lot of the like the jeers around the Switch are like the lack of game. Like right. at launch time. But if they can fill it out with right. a robust backlog. Right. Like when it launches, there's going to be like one game. It's going to be like the, the Zelda game. Zelda. And, and there's another one. One, two, switch. The mini games. <sighs> Hands or something. Hands comes out like a month later. Or okay. Something. So Nintendo had um, a, a booth. Arms. Arms. <laughs> arms. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo had a booth. 
in the expo hall. Nice. And so they had like 16 switches mm. that you could go and play. Did you play it? I did not. Oh. The line was always too long. Yeah. There's someone trying to get in to the basement. It's either a cat or Paige. <laughs> a cat. Okay. Um, I didn't. The, longs were always, the lines were always too long and I wasn't that interested. Oh, I see. Okay. Because I figured I'd just wait until it came out. I'll cancel my pre-order then. Uh, <laughs> now that's you're why I didn't. <laughs> oh, okay, like I'll play that in a month. Yeah, um, when Ian yeah. buys it, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, um, it. I mean, people were excited. Yeah, yeah. The the I don't know. I can't the the try the three play modes thing. I feel like is really interesting mm. and fun, potentially. Yeah. Um local multiplayer like you know someone else gets it at, at work we could both bring ours and like play. yeah i don't know could be cool it's cool yeah one of the uh panels that i went to mm-hmm. was a um guy i think he's a journalist for like the washington post mm-hmm. um he wrote a book called empires of e- eve okay and so he's talking about eve, eve online. online yeah and he gave a talk that was he said at the end this is like half of a chapter Okay. Of the book, um, where he was talking about the greatest war that happened in Eve. And it was insane. Like, um, so Eve Online, people get super invested into it. And has, it's like a, a universe unto itself yes. of just. It has a GUP, GUP, gross universal product that people <laughs> track. Oh my God. Like, it has uh, an exchange rate with the dollar. Wow. Um, because you can buy in-game items with real money and vice versa. And there's versa. so many people playing it that it's it's pretty stable. Well, even, so, like in that, like... Yeah, so the interesting thing is um, most uh, MMO RPGs, mm-hmm. so massively multiplayer online RPGs. Yep. Um, RPG stands for RPG. Yes. <laughs> Role-playing games. <laughs> um, most of them have like separate servers, so they have like perfect clones of the same world. And so, like, if you instances, go, instances, they call them in WoW. Yeah. So, if you go into World of Warcraft, you have to pick a server to play on, mm-hmm. and then you're stuck playing with all of the people on those servers. Right. And those servers are usually split up by region. Mm-hmm. So you're playing on a North American server, or you're playing mm-hmm. on a Russian Not server. Eve Online. Now, Eve Online only has one server. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the beginning of his talk, he said, you know, he said all of this, and then he said, you have to realize when I'm talking about the Russians. I'm talking about Russian players. <laughs> wow. That's that's weird. Yeah. So it's like a yeah, a single copy of the the real world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Neat. Um that's cool. And so he talks about so it was literally like this North American um corporation they call them like big groups of players mm-hmm. versus this um coalition of Russians and some Americans and uh, a third group I don't know where they were from. Mm-hmm. Um, and this massive war yep. that like tore apart the galaxy. Um, and about halfway through his talk, he mentions that uh, he was approached by a bunch of economic students at a, a university in Norway mm-hmm. who said that they had this weird blip where like everything just shot up to 10 times the price hmm. that it's usually at. And they had no idea why. And yeah. he like looks at the dates and he goes, oh, it's this battle that happened and it was a single battle that lasted for two weeks 24 hours a day people were logging in and like fighting each other 
<laughs> and it just destroyed the economy. <laughs> that is fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Um, huh. Makes you want to use EVE Online as a as a war game, like as a well as a simulation for the the fascinating yeah, the fascinating thing behavior. about this book is that he was talking about um, you know all of these things because players had so much freedom, all of these things that people ended up doing, and so um, this this one side that was the coalition of like Russians and um, Americans and this other third group, um, they started pumping out propaganda huh. like youtube videos and things um <laughs> crazy they had this uh hilarious song they had this uh attitude of we will accept anyone mm -hmm. like you just have to apply and you're immediately a part of our group right and so they had this problem of how did they like self-organize and it was through propaganda <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah wacky so So maybe we are in a simulation. Maybe this right. is Eve Online. Maybe. Eve 2 Online. Eve 2. <laughs> Eve 2 Online has Eve Online as a simulation yeah. within it. And so forth. So this was my second PAX mm -hmm. ever. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. And so they have a uh, volunteer army in the convention who are people who basically help the convention run long they do like mm. line management and yep um manage uh like uh play testing and this kind of thing mm -hmm. or they have like a full-on board gaming section where you can take out board games and just play with people mm -hmm. um and they have this group called the enforcers who basically manage all of this yeah um so i applied oh to be an enforcer at pax east oh good so i'll be doing that which means I get to go to PAX East. For free? Yeah. Nice. Well, I have to work. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Is so there any like, downtime to yes. do things? Okay. Yeah. They, you that's do... usually part of the perks of those kind of things where it's like, hey, right. hey, that's how they try to like draw people in. Yeah. Cool. So I'm really excited about that. When is PAX East? It's in March. Nice. When I will have my Switch. Yeah. Yep, they Our won't. Switch. They won't, they won't be demoing it. Right. Might be demoing... They might be demoing games. Mario or ARMS. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cool. if if you haven't been to PAX, it's a lot of fun. There's, cool. Um, you do not have to be into video games to go. But you should be. Uh, I think that's a big part of it, but they also have... Um, should be at least into that You should be into gaming. As a, as a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. You should be into gaming. It, I mean, it's basically video games and tabletop gaming. Right. Um, they they always have like a, um, right at the beginning of the convention, they have a um, story time with someone. Mm -hmm. um, and so they had story time with, I forget the guy's name, but he's basically the um, lead developer designer behind um, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. Richard Garfield. Maybe. I feel like... He created magic. He created magic, yeah. Yeah. It's not... Okay, no. Yeah. Um, and so he talks about, like, the cultural penetration of Dungeons and Dragons. And he brought up Magic the Gathering as a... Um, he was talking to the um, lead guy behind Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. And he was saying how jealous he was of the cultural penetration mm. of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Because he's like, not everyone knows about 
yeah. Magic the Gathering. But literally everyone knows about Dungeons has and Dragons. Has at least heard of it and has some yeah. like, wrong idea of what it is. But like for... Did you talk about Stranger Things? Uh, no, he didn't. Okay. He didn't bring it up. But, it, I mean, it is funny to think about. Because um, Wizards of the Coast, who own both of those franchises... Right. Uh, I mean, Magic the Gathering brings in so much more money... Mm, these days. Than Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah. Culturally, yeah, the the impact is... Yeah. Well, I don't know. So Dungeons & Dragons made it into the um, Children's Toy Hall of Fame. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is apparently a thing. Sure. Um, I don't know what other classics are in there. But, like, I don't know. I feel like Magic was more a precursor to Pokemon and these other things, Yu-Gi-Oh! And, and other card games that, you know, it's hard to, like... I guess it's like influence versus um, familiarity, right? Right. Everyone has heard of Dunge- Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. It doesn't mean it's necessarily um, as much of as a influencer as magic. Right. Is. But it probably is too. But The swing. The swing. Is in the Children's Toy Hall of Fame. Oh, the, oh, the swing. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Um, wonder if I've worked any, on any products that are in here. Probably not. Yeah, like Teddy Bear's Raggedy Ann. Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Monopoly, Play-Doh. Yeah, pretty serious. Yeah, so the core oh, original Dun- Dungeons & Dragons. That just got nominated this year. Yes. Or inducted this year. Yep. And the swing. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You think your game's popular? Yeah, we just got inducted with the swing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's as ubiquitous <laughs> as the swing. Uh, oh, is that like a new board game? No, it's the fucking <laughs> swing. Okay. Uh, so, Bourbon Crusta, last couple sips. Any difference of opinion? No. Any... No, it's still... Still not... Yeah. Not great. Yeah. It tastes like a cocktail to me. Mm-hmm. Like if... If I was to say, I don't like cocktails. Yeah. This is... Do you have a feeling... Is there something deep down where you think that cocktails were invented by the French or something? Is that... I'm just trying to, like, peel back your psyche a little yeah. bit. And... Maybe if you called it something else. Uh, well, I mean, you like tried a, that. Like a jolly... Like a cruster. Like a jolly Roger. <laughs> like a jolly... <laughs> drink a jolly Roger. Hmm. No. I don't feel great about that. It's definitely rum in that, but... <laughs> Um, Dutch. Last oh. last thing. Our list is gone. So yeah, this is this is it. After, oh. after we've spoken about Dutch. Yeah. I should have mentioned. Mm-hmm. You're Dutch. Maybe. Okay. So South Africa. Uh, the South African half of my family. Yeah. Is Afrikaans. Mm-hmm. Who are um. Which is I, also a language. It is a language. Yep. They really do consider themselves the only white tribe in Africa. Okay. Um, but they are descended from the Dutch. Right. And they were cut off entirely by the Dutch government and so created their own um, culture. Culture, basically, okay. called the Afrikaans. Do they have Yennefer or Jennifer? I couldn't tell you. They did have the Boer War. Is Yennefer just Dutch for, the English? Dutch for juniper? Juniper. 
Yeah, juniper berries or something. Right, because that's the main right. spice of gin. I think it comes from there. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Jennifer. Juniper. Huh. Uh, okay. So yeah, I thought I brought. So you're Dutch. I thought I'd bring that up. Like I should know more. So by the about way, about the Dutch. Yeah. All that Dutch talk. <laughs> when I didn't know what Holland was. Yes, yeah. Afrikaans is um, very similar to Dutch in terms of language. Mm-hmm. Like um, the grammar is very similar. There are a lot of shared words. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm I'm like putting it in the category of like Creole, where it's like French. And, ooh, sorry. <laughs> and uh like caribbean that like mm. you know mixture yes kind of thing that's kind of what it's like which i guess is every language really if you want to get mm. everything's a mixture of stuff yeah but um anyway <laughs> spanglish is that a thing spanglish i think is just just wrong <laughs> you know it's just when people say things wrong okay and they, they're just like well i'm just an ignorant i don't know much about it i don't admit uh, i don't either <laughs> okay see but yeah <laughs> yep dutch um that's okay. the thing so this is just you confessing that yeah i should, should know more about this should know more and, you and don't. i don't is that like our our sub title of hunchpig we I should, should know, know more. more about this i don't think so but i don't i think you're you will walk away with something <laughs> interesting. Yeah. You walk away with sounds going into your ears. Into yeah. The distance. You should, you shouldn't walk away. Really you should walk, walk towards us. Yeah. Figuratively. Yeah. Do we have a consistent ending or do we always just walk away from the mic? I feel like that's the thing. What are you doing? 